This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. I'm Alicia Lockhart. And I'm LaDonna Humphrey. We are the co-hosts of the Deep Dark Secrets podcast. We're a true crime podcast that shines a light in some really dark places. Season one covers the dangerous topic of death fetish forums and related murders. Did you know there are people out there that want to see a woman get stabbed, drowned, or hung to fulfill some sort of sexual desire? Well, there are, and we've gone undercover in a number of these seedy, gated online communities. We have watched thousands of wannabe murderers talking shop about techniques for abducting, torturing, raping, and killing women. People are dying at the hands of these death fetish predators, and we have to take a stand. We will shine a bright, unrelenting light on the deep, dark secrets of the death fetish community, and we invite you to join us as we do. So tune in every Monday as we expose the fringes Attention. of true crime. The Milf and Me podcast contains strong language and open conversations about sexuality, a multitude of lifestyles, and occasional criticism of political fuckery. Keep politics out of your pants, folks. Your hosts, Antonio and Diana, are not certified relationship therapists. We are cynical assholes with microphones, pretty much like every other podcast. And so with that out of the way, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Milf and Me podcast. I'm your host, Antonio, here with my lovely podcast host, Diana. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, first of all, we have to tell people that this is not 420. This is not Thursday night, and we are not drinking wine. This is <laughs> 11 a.m. on a Saturday, so we are probably as bright-eyed and bushy-tailed as we're going to be for like the rest of the month. Yes, <laughs> right now. Now's the time. We're most awake. So it might be a different vibe than the last couple episodes, which in my opinion were a lot of fun. We need to do that more often. I know. They were awesome. I think um, I'm good at night. Like I'm good in the evenings. I feel like I get my second wind. Right. You know. You posted a little video of mm-hmm. the studio and us like behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, people are all about it. And mm. you've got some groupies. Do I? Yeah. All <laughs> I of a sudden, know. like people I've never even seen in our groups are like, <laughs> hey, what's up? Oh, I love our people. They're so sweet. Um, yeah, it's fun. I think everybody's really excited to see us. Like we need to get our video stuff going. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's been super fun. It's fun to put a face to a name too, you know? Right. I mean, we got our faces in cartoon form on the logo, but Mm -hmm. to like see personalities, see interactions between us, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's something about like breaking the mystere of where do we record? What do we do? Where are we at? You know? Yeah. There's lots of podcasts I listen to. I have no idea even what the hosts look like or what their studio looks like. Is it intimate? Mm -hmm. Is it a very industrial looking studio with soundproofed walls and blah, blah, blah? Yeah. I feel I talk better, communicate better in an environment that I feel comfortable in. Yeah. And we're like super chill in this room. Like we built this room. Totally. Essentially 
together to do this podcast. And yeah, no, it's it just good. feels like home. And but I'm the type of person, you know me. I have to have a face to like a voice. Yeah. You know, like I like that, and I'm a very visual person. So, I mean, when we start doing video, it's not going to be anything crazy. It's just going to be us pretty much sitting here with our headphones on, speaking into the mic. It's not going to be anything wild. Um, maybe, maybe you'll get lucky and Antonio will flash you. I don't know what, I don't know what he's capable of on video. They're not waiting for me to flash anyone. <laughs> They're waiting for you. You've already talked about your kinky winky stuff. My kinky winky. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so it's good. It's been fun. It's exciting. I have a lot of good people listening. It's well, it's and cool. you know, you're gorgeous. I consider myself somewhat handsome. It's good to have, like you said, a name to a face and being somewhat attractive doesn't hurt at all. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's a compliment. But it's also the attitude. Yeah. Right? Oh, yes. That... You've got a good attitude. Yeah. I feel I've got a good attitude. Even when I'm salty, I feel like I'm not a douchebag. Yeah. No, I kind of have a feeling this is going to be leading into our topic coming up, huh? You think so? Do you think that I know how to do this by now? <laughs> You're pretty good at this. You're real smooth at these transitions. It's really good. You're right? actually really good at this, Antonio. How do you think I've gotten women to sleep with me in the past? <laughs> <laughs> it's not all based on looks. You gotta be a little smooth. You're handsome. <laughs> You're handsome. You've got the looks and you know it. But yeah, let's talk about this shit. This is this has been a topic in my life recently. Yeah. Not recently. It's been a topic <laughs> in your life as long as you and I have been talking about this shit. It's true. So Diana, true. he's a 10, uh -huh. but he knows it and he's a fucking douchebag. Mm -hmm. You going to smash? Absolutely not. <laughs> what about 22-year-old you? What about pre-married you? Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would have not. I wouldn't have seen anything past the looks. A hundred percent. I would have been blinded. Me too, when yeah. I was younger. Yeah. Like, I, I, I literally put so many red flags off to the side because I'm like, oh, I'm never going to get a girl this gorgeous ever again. So mm -hmm. red flags be damned. Let's go. Yeah, we can't see past, <laughs> we can't see past the beauty. But no, um, uh -uh. no, I mean, real talk. I have had plenty of opportunities with drop dead gorgeous men. And honestly, we should probably like bring in the fact that money as well. Like mm. maybe that's another episode, maybe not. But I think we should tie it in with this. Like it doesn't matter how much money you have even. Well, we kind of talked about that in the high value episode already. Yes. Though. But if they're drop dead gorgeous and rich, but an asshole or a douchebag, even with all those things going for them, absolutely not. I won't even won't even go there. And I don't think it's a secret. I don't think anyone will deny the fact that appearances and the way someone looks mm -hmm. visually yeah. is usually the first marker of attraction. Yes. That's the sure. first thing that gets you excited. Whether yeah. it's a pretty face or a nice ass, that's kind of what gets you interested in that person. That's the first thing you notice. It's it doesn't the first matter. Thing you yeah. notice. It doesn't matter if you're at the grocery store. It doesn't matter if you're at a bar. It doesn't matter if you're on a dating app. It is the first thing. Appearances matter. They, they matter in initial attraction and they matter in relationships. Mm -hmm. But this doesn't mean that looks are like the most important thing in the aspect of, let's say, intimacy or the long-term relationship, yep. you know? And that's the thing that I think you and I have learned some very difficult lessons in in our life, lessons that we're still paying for uh -huh. all these years later. Yeah, totally. So this is what they say. They say that attractiveness is subjective and many individuals will have different preferences and find different qualities attractive. And those change. 
-hmm. what I found attractive in my youth, I steer away from 100% now. I think mostly because of experience. And I find myself either attracted to or drawn to things that I'm not going to say I wasn't attracted to in my youth, but I look for more now. Yeah. You know, I look for more than just the initial attraction to someone visually. It could be a laugh. It could be a smile. Smile, yeah. It could literally be, and this is a whole other episode, fucking table manners. Right. Like there are things now that I find so much more attractive than just the hotness of a girl back in the early 2000s, late 90s. Yes. I mean, I was into that gothic heroin chic look for years. Yeah, you were. It never did me any favors. No, it did not. (laughs) Not to put down that community. Let's just say I wasn't the right type of male for those type of females. I'm not blaming them. I'm blaming me. (laughs) Yep. No, I see that. Um, Another thing that I think that we have inherited, not maybe that's not the right word, or learned or maybe just picked up over the years is energy. Like I am such such a huge like feeling type person. Like I have to feel someone and feel their aura and energy is huge for me, even with other women. Like if I come across other women, if, if their energy is beautiful and light and bright, I mean, we click and then you can, really pick out those women that are really standoffish and jealous and catty and ooh, and they have really bad energy around them. I steer very clear of those people. The same goes for men. Mm-hmm. You know, I only have a couple of really close, close girlfriends, uh, but for men, they can have the whole thing going on, all of it. And maybe they're not an asshole. Maybe they're very nice, but they're, if their energy's off, if I feel that, then that is a, that's a red flag for me. Well, Ben, that can be fake too. Mm-hmm. I've seen that happen a lot where there is. Where they're nice and it's uh, fake. But it's yeah. outside. It's external situations. It's at the club. It's at the restaurant. Yeah. It's not until you get behind closed doors where you actually you. see what the real energy is like. Totally. And I don't totally. think that's something that someone's born with. That's a trait that has to be developed and trained. Yeah. I don't think that. People are naturally born to be able to do that without going through a trial and error process. Absolutely. This is how I'm going to present myself in public, and this is how I'm going to be behind closed doors. And what you've gone through in the past is people that will get you addicted to the energy Uh because it feels sincere. It feels real. Mm -hmm. And then they will gradually go into their real energy. And by that point, you've already been hooked. You've already been lassoed into this and you start questioning whether or not they were always this way and you were just the idiot that didn't recognize it. And if it's your problem. Absolutely. Those are the dangerous ones. Those are the dangerous ones. Yeah. Those are the ones that are able, like you said, to control their aura, honestly. And that is a skill. It's like They've been doing this for years where they present themselves exactly what you just said, literally. And then you get they present themselves this certain way and then you get them behind closed doors. And after a week or two or three or a month or so down the road, and it's just the two of you. All of these true colors start showing themselves. And so it's a tricky situation because energy 
doesn't lie most of the time unless they're a dangerous one that knows how to control that. You are probably the most strong-willed and sharp-minded woman that I know. And when I saw you in that situation get lassoed in, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, my brain exits. Like everything leaves, you know? And I have been in a situation, my most recent one, you know, the one that I ended in January where that was literally the case. And it was, I felt like I was going crazy. Like I felt like the crazy one. And that is also, I mean, I was dealing with a narcissist and a gas, I was being gaslighted the whole time. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's a form of gaslighting when they can switch their energy like that, where their energy's amazing, great in public. And then you get them alone after a month or two, and then you start seeing true colors. That could be a form of gaslighting. If you really want to dig into that, that's a totally different subject. But yeah, these guys are going around with, you know, they're these gym rats or <laughs> the hay bros. It's just, it's not cute because it takes a lot more these days than just your looks. Well, I mean, many of us hear that physical appearance like plays a role in relationships. And it's easy to jump into conclusions that when we see really attractive people like supermodels and actors, mm-hmm. we think, oh man, they must have everything they've ever wanted. Their relationships must be fantastic. They've got yeah. life on a golden platter. But if that was the case, then we wouldn't have like a tabloid industry just yeah. feeding off of bad divorces, bad breakups, leaked nudes, leaked sex tapes. So again, even these people that we hold on these platforms and these pedestals of like, this is the apex of humanity, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want that shit. That sounds fucking terrible. And you got money involved and legal shit involved. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, I am so happy where I'm at in life because yeah. it's, it's bullshit. Totally. Totally agree with you. (laughs) So even though physical attractiveness can make it a better first impression on someone, it really can't hold up the conversation for very long. I think you and I both experienced this where, let's say we go on a date with someone. You've showed me so many dating profiles. Like, look at this guy. Look at his face. Look at his body. And then you go on a date. You're like, that was the most boring person I've ever (laughs) spoken to in my life. Or they couldn't keep up with me. you know, Because they were so used to just floating on their looks that when someone with a fucking brain starts asking them questions, it's like, okay, now I'm literally talking to a two-year-old. Yeah, (laughs) it's real. It's a real thing. It's hard. I mean, that's why I hate dating apps. That's why I hate that shit. I mean, because it's like, that's all it is. All it is is pictures. That's all you have to go off of. And it's tricky. It's a tricky, it's a tricky world. I feel like I have better luck meeting somebody at the grocery store, right? I mean, I've always yeah. said that to you. Um, cause then you see, you feel you have it all right there. These these beautiful men, if they just had some personality and some wit and had a brain, then it would be a game changer. Culture has a lot to do with it too, because I mean, back in the day, I mean it's how my parents met. My my parents met in a cocktail bar. You know, mm-hmm. back in the day before you had dating apps, before you had all this stuff that created this sense of, I'm going to say, stranger danger and mm-hmm. assault because it exists. I'm not going to lie that it doesn't exist. But I think the last couple generations have gotten so used to being able to access initial conversations through a phone, through a dating app where they don't have to have a conversation in person until they've set some kind of boundary or some kind of relationship already digitally. Where back in the old days, it could be a bar, a restaurant, someone at work. I mean, remember back when people used to like write their phone number on a napkin and kind of slip it to the waitress or stuff like that? I still have stuff like, I mean, I've had something like that happen at the bar not too long ago. But nowadays, like the women and men consider that 
assault. They consider so that weird. it's so weird. Yeah. I, I remember I stopped trying to introduce myself to women who I found either attractive at a bar or a club or whatever. When I had an experience and it was right after my marriage, where I was trying to meet people. I was at a karaoke bar and this girl was very chatty with me. I was chatty with her. We were singing karaoke and she had this friend with her. Right. Uh-huh. And I wrote my number down on a napkin. I went to give it to her and her friend took it away and said, asshole, this isn't how it works. If you want to talk to her, you find her on a dating app. We don't know who you oh, are. We can't have a conversation like this. Don't come up and talk to us. We're having our own thing right now. And oh, that's so weird. Her friend looked at me, the girl who I gave the number to, and uh-huh. she looked at me as if like, sorry. Like she, it looked like she wanted to take it, but her yeah. friend shut it down. That's so, so silly. And I've heard multiple stories like that where it's like, why are you talking to me? It's like, well, because you're a human. <laughs> yeah. Am I so aggressive looking that you think I'm here to snatch you off the street? No. It's changed. And maybe I wasn't attractive enough for her friend to think that I was even worth her friend's time. I don't know. People are so weird. That's just weird. But that's, yeah. I feel that's the direction it's going, where people are now so intimidated to initially start conversations with people they find attractive that they rely on technology and technology can be deceiving. We already covered this. Yeah. Huh. That's weird. I mean, I've (laughs) probably in the last year, I would say, like I've been. I was at a comedy show and one of the servers wrote his number down on a little tiny piece of paper and it was folded up and he handed it off to me, um, which I thought was super cute. I mean, I was with my girlfriend, you know, right. I wasn't like on a date or anything. Yeah, I met one of my uh, past co-workers at a bar. We had like a couple of martinis and we were just chatting. Clearly, we were just super close friends, you know? Yeah. And then there was a guy kind of standing next to me, and you could tell he knew that I wasn't on a date. Right. And he kind of slipped me a napkin with his number, too. And I wasn't offended either of those times. I mean, I, if anything, it made me feel good. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, how cool is this? It's like a lost art, too. <laughs> it is. It is. And there's been some situations, too, where I will, if I'm talking to someone and I find them interesting or attractive, I will just, instead of, I mean, I don't write my number down and slip it to them, but I'll say, I think you're so cool. We should keep in touch. Yeah. Like, what's your, what's your Facebook or what's your Instagram? Right. And that's a casual way to do it too. Yeah. I mean, technology has given us more options in that way, but like I I said, I'm not going to be like, what's your number? Like, give me your number. (laughs) It's like, here, add me if you're on social media. That's cool. And if not, then they'll just be like, oh. It's fine. I don't do social media. What's your phone number? I'll just get your number. Yeah. You know? Well, also, I think you have like a 95% success rate of asshole detection. You know, yeah. you you catch it pretty early. So when it does backfire on you, it's so surprising because yeah. you have a really good one. Yeah. I do not. I am not that keen. I'm really good at recognizing douchebaggery in men. Yeah. I think I'm so blindsided by female attraction that I often do. Yeah. Create my own perception of someone. And then that turns out not to be the case. Uh I'm smarter about it now. And really how I avoid that is I just don't communicate with people unless I'm actually interested in. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see that for sure. Because you're saying people can fake it and most people do fake it. I feel that dating profiles that we talked about for the most part is faking it. You know, anyone can put on cool vintage jacket, really cool shoes and drive a cool car. Yeah. That is just the super official part of yep. it. That probably is probably 10% on yeah. there that is actually real shit. Exactly. Yeah. Like all that stuff is just the attempt to project being interesting and adding to the aesthetic value, high value totally. of that person's projecting. 
Totally. It isn't until you really start talking to them that you can get the idea of what's behind it. Uh-huh. Totally. I agree. Who do you think does it more, men or women? With what? With the projecting oh. of the... Men, for sure. I would agree 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, men for sure. And I think this is the reason why. I think with women, it's just part of their lifestyle. Like, you get dressed up and look good whether or not you're going on a date that's right. or anything. Like, that's, that's right. you present that way. Mm -hmm. I feel most guys are just comfortable in their own aesthetic until they're trying to go out and project something for a woman. Or we've talked about in the past, their bros, their neighbors, their yep. friends, when they're trying to peacock around. Yep. But our base level isn't that. Exactly. For the most part. Yeah, I might put on a little bit more makeup or have a cuter outfit on if I'm having a date. But for the most part, I'm, I'm not going out of my way to like be looking <laughs> like a million bucks every single time I go on a date. Like I want them to see and experience the real me for sure. But men, you're right. Men are much different. So I've got a list of ways you can tell if you're dating a beautiful asshole. Ooh. But before we get into theirs. I think I've, I've dated a beautiful asshole. There are several. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> What what would you say the initial red flags are in your experience? And let's see if we can compare them to the professionals. And when I say professionals, this came from Glamour Magazine. <laughs> oh, what a reliable source. I always pick um, the most reliable sources on the internet. <laughs> so uh, the initial red flag of a beautiful asshole? Yeah. Oh, God. Maybe the way they look or mm -hmm. treat the people around us mm. where it's not just him with me because if he's trying to have a conversation with me or anything, then there's going to be him trying to impress me. Right. Right. That's the initial take. Say we're at a coffee shop. Say we're at lunch. I don't, I don't fucking know. And someone bumps him or something or inconveniences him in some way. It's, it would probably be his reaction. That would probably be my first red flag on. He really is actually an asshole. Like he might be, beautiful on the outside and sweet to me. Well, you've talked about fruit service people before, like how they treat absolutely. a server, how they treat a bartender, how they treat the valet guy. Yeah, that is huge to me. Yeah, if that's that's probably it right there. I mean, my example, it would probably be spot on. Anyhow, however, they're reacting to something in public that's inconveniencing them in some way, or if it's not even an inconvenience at all, just in the sheer fact of maybe they park the valet and he just like, here, and like walks off and isn't grateful and thankful and sweet and kind to the people in his space. That's the right. very first red flag, I would say. Yeah. And this is the thing that pisses me off about that is like, guess what? The world is inconvenient for everybody, right? And over the last, let's say, 20 years, technology has evolved where it makes things even more convenient than ever for people. And fucking assholes have to bitch about what is inconvenient about the most convenient things ever. And people are just, there's so many. So I think there are more assholes in the world than there are not, right? I would and, I would agree, sadly. Yeah, yeah. And so naturally, all day long, if someone's there serving you at a restaurant or coffee, whatever, or at the fucking grocery store, the checker, the person that's checking your groceries, like they have been dealing with assholes the entire goddamn day. <laughs> For eight hours. <laughs> right? It's like the least you can do is smile and be sweet and thankful and grateful Right. They are there helping you and show some respect. Right. Right. Um, if someone can't be respectful to a complete stranger, then honestly, I don't want anything to do with them. You can have 
billions of dollars and have your own jet and be absolutely 100% the most gorgeous man. But if you are disrespectful to anyone in the general public or just your friends, your family, whatever, no, it's not okay. It's just unattractive. It's ugly. It's really, it just, my vagina's dry. Thanks. <laughs> it's been Thanks. dry a lot lately. <laughs> it's, it is. There's like, there's cob, that there's cobwebs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's talk about what the professionals say about signs that you're dating a beautiful asshole. Number one, he negs you. Have you ever heard of that term? Negs? Negs. One subtle neg that they come across is the use of the word actually. You're actually really attractive. Well, are you attractive or are you actually really attractive? Wow, you're actually pretty smart. You're actually pretty funny. Most people who aren't aware of this negging (laughs) will take it as a compliment. And what it is, it's an early assessment of your personality that actually, (laughs) you see what I did there? Yeah. Makes you feel more valuable to this person, but in a way they are condescending to you. You actually look good tonight. Right? As if I don't. See, you're too smart for that. I would look at someone, if they if they said that to me, I'd be like, you are actually an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever tell you that? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Number two, he sprinkles breadcrumbs. We've talked about mm-hmm. breadcrumbing. Mm-hmm. A breadcrumber's game is to keep you mentally on the hook without any real investment into the relationship. This narcissistic behavior ensures that he continues to take up your mental and emotional space long after your feelings should have faded. So the next time you get a Snapchat from him saying, I miss you after weeks of radio silence, don't fall for it and respond. Mm-hmm. See, I, I, I fall for that. So many breadcrumbs have been, yeah. I, I have had very many experiences. And I'm going to go ahead and throw myself under the bus. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I just can call it being accountable. Mm-hmm. I've definitely sprinkled breadcrumbs to to dudes, for sure. Because sometimes I'm unable to give them um, a relationship or an investing in being... Exclusive. Exclusively with yeah. them, you know? And maybe I'm just not in that space in my life. I don't know. But yes, I most definitely, I have done this. Women do it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And we talked about this in another episode. We're like, I don't think I've done it because I just don't think about doing it. Yeah. And, you know, know, let me just real quick before we get too far into the next one. Women are assholes to servers, too. Oh, 100 percent. I I have sat very close to other tables. Herons are a social thing for a reason. (laughs) Yeah, And I've sat I've sat very close to other tables when I've been on a date just overhearing how they are. And I'm just like, like, what the fuck? You know, it's not always men is all I'm saying. No, agreed. And this is again, I don't want to go too often to a tangent to the rabbit hole of this, but I think you date more men than most men date women. That's just kind of how it is. You know, we've mm-hmm. talked about this. Sex and attraction is easier for a female, regardless of a their yeah. attractiveness, than it is for most men. The men that are getting all the chicks are the men we're talking about today. Yeah. And then the girls cry about them because he was such a fucking asshole. Well, yeah, because yeah. it works for him. Yeah. You are disposable to a guy like this where, yes. you know, me, the seven out of 10 and under club really have to work for our meal. If you get what I'm saying. Yes. And the ones that sprinkle the breadcrumbs know that it works. They know that it works. And this is the part that pisses me off. All these love gurus that we see mm-hmm. doing this, mm-hmm. they are teaching younger generations to be this way. Yeah. 
You know, it, again, it's that red pill alpha mentality, and it pisses me off so much because we we watched a video not too long ago of this young man who followed Andrew Tate, and there was a video of him in his classroom declaring that he was the alpha. Now, granted, I think he had probably some developmental challenges, mm -hmm. but this is what's happening to our youth. They are thinking this way, and they're mm -hmm. not only applying it to the females in their life, they're just applying it to everyday social situations, which to me is kind of scary and disturbing. This next one is so good. Oh, really? You're already reading it? I read ahead. I did. He pouts when he's not your top priority. Any decent guy will be excited about you pursuing your passions. On the other hand, an asshole will take putting your career or your interests first personally and try to guilt you out of it. Oh, wow. I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> so many flashbacks. How um, dare you have a podcast? How dare you go to work? How dare you put your kids on the school bus? Honestly, what about me? Honestly, this this is some deep shit right here. It's the smallest it's, <laughs> it's the smallest paragraph, but it is some deep shit. Um I have met people and um they hate the fact that I have this podcast. They hate it. They don't like it. Um and they've voiced their opinion and I've respectively said, "Oh, okay, you know, thanks for sharing." Um <laughs> And just knowing that that won't ever go anywhere, right. you know, but also on the flip side, you know, years ago, I would be guilted in looking good when I left, looking too good when I left the house. Ooh. I've been with some really um, special men. And honestly, if I'm if I'm going to get really real right now, that is probably where a lot of my insecurities and lack of confidence comes from, because I do have a lot. I do. I mean, I'm a woman. Sometimes I get worried that, well, maybe maybe this looks too good. Like I I shouldn't wear something this sexy. Right. Or, or goddamn, I look fucking hot. I should change. You know, because it's weird. I've had that experience of yeah. that, that PTSD of him acting like an asshole. If I entered the room in the outfit, I'm going to go out in with him like, oh, my God, is that are you wearing that? Like, that's like a little too revealing. Or maybe like someone actually I was dating somebody that said that the red lipstick I had on like made my lips look so good. He's like, your lips look so fucking good. Like you look like a hooker. I don't like it. Uh, this is something we haven't talked about before, but I've been seeing a lot more of this on this uh, Men Matter movement where yeah. these guys are saying, my woman is a reflection of me. So how she goes out and what she looks like is a reflection of me and how much control I have the situation. If she goes out looking like a hoe, if she goes out looking like a prostitute or just too sexy, it makes people think that I don't have control of the situation. Those guys can fuck off. They can fuck right off because at the fuck same off. time, if you went out in just like a tank top, no makeup and sweatpants, they'll probably be like, oh, is that what you're wearing today? Yeah. It, like They're never happy. It's like, Those how about are, you fucking yeah. buy me a wardrobe like a fucking Barbie doll and dress me every morning, like, master? And then but, I'll... but that's the thing. Right. You can't look too good because you'll get a reaction about looking too good. And you can't be in sweats and a T-shirt because then you'll get the reaction that you're not put together enough. There's no pleasing these men. I'm telling you right now, I've been in it. And like I said, this is where my lack of confidence, lack of, you know, being insecure. This really is where it has stemmed from. It has nothing to do with my childhood. 
it has nothing to do with the way my upbringing or anything like that. It really, it was formed in my adult years. You and know, so yeah. you really have to be careful. These men can really fuck you, mind fuck you. They can. And thank God, this is where I'm so proud. I'll say beta all day. Mm-hmm. I take my fashion sense based off of my partner. If she's going to go out looking like fucking dog shit, I'm excited. I'm like, yes, that means I can go out looking like dog shit too. I, if she puts on a really nice dress and yep. I'm wearing, looking down like I'm wearing a fucking turtleneck, I'm going to go change. Yep. I try to base myself off of her Yeah. because here's the thing. I give a fuck how I look most of the time when I go out. Mm-hmm. If I can compliment my partner, mm-hmm. I find that to be such a, a huge amount of respect to her that I'm going to base my fashion sense for the day on how she's feeling. Because again, uh, and I'm not trying to sound sexist here, how women feel in public is more important to them than how men feel. That's right. So why wouldn't we help support that as a constructive partnership is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, I actually have a really funny story about this. I met somebody that lives pretty far north of us. we were just making arrangements on meeting up and having dinner. And I told them I'm coming, I'm coming over comfortable. Like I'm going to be comfy, you know, which, which in my mind is joggers and maybe some cute kicks and nothing fancy. Well, I get to his house and he was done up. Right. And I'm like 45 minutes from home now. And he had something cute on. And I was like, so like, what the fuck? And (laughs) and it really gave me a complex. And you're right. It it mattered. It mattered to me. And I kind of obsessed over it over the next few hours while we were out because it was like I was I thought that I communicated to you like it was a casual night (laughs) and I get here and you're all looking good and cute. And the thing about this situation, it was a huge learning opportunity for me is he didn't give a shit. That's nice. 100%. He was like, are you serious right now? You look so cute. He's like, you look so good. Where if he was one of these assholes, he'd be like, oh yeah, I thought you were just kidding. I thought you would have been done up more. Right. You know? And no, he was he was like, dude, stop obsessing over it. You look great. You look so good. Like you could wear, he's like, you could wear a trash bag. And you would look so hot. <laughs> right. And that's cool, you know, but yeah, it's it's true. Women want to look good. They want to be presentable. But there are dudes that are so insecure with themselves. They don't have a backbone themselves. They don't want their woman to look too good when she's out in public, because guess what that fucking means? If they look too good in public? Yeah. That she's promiscuous, that she wants attention of other men, and that she's not just paying attention to you, the partner. That's exactly what it means. And it also means that other men are going to be looking at you the entire night. Good. Those men have no backbone. They're spineless. If you're one of these dudes, get your shit together. That's all I got to say, because it's ugly. Before we jump into the last one, yeah, have you ever had a guy offer to buy you a new outfit because he didn't like what you were wearing when you went out? Nope. I've had that happen to me. Jesus, really? I, I And it was someone I was involved in a relationship with. We went out somewhere and she didn't like the shirt I was wearing and said, let's go stop at Banana Republic real fast and get you a new shirt. I'm like, the fuck? Why? Nuh-uh. Like, I just don't like that shirt. Whoa, that is ballsy as fuck. And I did it. I'm like, okay, I guess we're going to Banana Republic. And I bought the shirt, of course, you know, and then I went and bought dinner so again, that they, is so weird. Now, me today wouldn't do that. I'm like, no, we're going home. So I've been, I've been east, far, far east coast, visiting um, somebody that I was kind of trying to do the long distance relationship with for a couple months, 
And we were downtown when I came from Salt Lake to go to the East Coast. I didn't I didn't realize what our plans were. Right. We got a hotel in downtown Chicago and we were going to dinner at a on a high rise and you could see the entire city from this restaurant. It was absolutely incredible. And I didn't have the appropriate outfit with me. In that case, I knew that, and so did he, because I expressed it to him. We most definitely went shopping, and I got what I needed to for that evening. Well, that's different. And so that is much different. But that's as close as I have ever been to something like that. That is out of control. insane. If someone showed up to my house in their sweats, and I was dressed up, I'd be like, cool, I'm going to adjust the evening now, and let's go go to a mid- Oh, there's so many mid-level, things you can do. To, mid-level yeah. restaurant. Like, let's not go to the nicest place in town yeah. because your clothes reflect your mood, what mood you're in. I agree. Okay? Yeah. I mean, I show up here usually in joggers and kicks and a t-shirt. That's mm. usually my mood or a sweatshirt because I'm comfy, I'm cozy. Um, so if someone's showing up to my house that way, that means they want to be comfy, cozy night. Right. I'm not taking them downtown to go clubbing at the nicest places and get the best drinks the entire evening. Right. Maybe that's a DoorDash night. Maybe that's a movie in. <laughs> Maybe that's just like super chill comedy show. Yeah. It's like adjust, like be a fucking human being. It doesn't take a genius to adjust and adapt. Like you see someone and you're like, oh yeah, perfect. I have no, just the place we're going. Let's go to Cafe Rio tonight. Yeah. Well, you're smart and you can think on your feet. There's a lot of people like, we can't break the plan. I don't know what to do. I'm not spontaneous. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like I'm still taking you to the nicest restaurant ever, even though you're not dressed appropriately because we're going to stop at Banana Republic to buy you a fucking shirt. No, that's not how it works. Okay. So this last one, he's all about one upmanship. Being with someone shouldn't feel inherently competitive. It should feel like you're both winning. Hey, you say that all the time. Mm-hmm. Your partner should feel secure enough in themselves that they can fully acknowledge your successes and vice versa. I once dated a guy who always tried to level with me the most ridiculous ways. When I told him that I was going back to school for an honors degree, he told me that he too was investing time into furthering his education by listening to Joe Rogan's podcast. When I received a Dean's List recognition, he launched into a story about how he was identified as gifted when he was young and always had a pretty easy time getting good grades. So it's someone that can't just be proud of you for your accomplishment. They have to feel like they either have to equal or one up whatever that accomplishment is. Again, when we talked about the manliness and overcompensation of things in the last couple episodes, this is the same genesis. This is the same origin where it's like, you can't just be proud of someone that emasculates you for what they're doing. You have to feel something too, you know? Because we keep our podcasts at about 40 minutes is yeah. our average time. I don't have enough time in this day <laughs> to tell you all of these experiences. Maybe one-upmanship should be its own episode. I mean, holy shit. The guys that I just described to you that didn't that didn't support or compliment or like the way I would look, I would look too good going out. Those are these guys. You know, it's pretty interesting that these all are married into one person. Oh, every yeah, right. every single one of these bullet points that we're at right now uh-huh. is one is always usually one the same person. It is like they have all of these shitty, weird traits. It's like I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. So if you're beautiful, don't be an asshole. Yeah, like just <laughs> be a good human. I mean, it's more sexy.
Here's an interesting take. Let's see what you think about this one. The chick's got a smashed phone, and then I see her out buying bottles. I know straight away that she's irresponsible. Smashed phone on a chick just shows all kinds of problems. The phone for these women is like 90% of their life. So if she can't take care of a phone, she won't do shit for you. <laughs> Short and sweet, but it's an interesting idea. What do you think about that? It's so funny how he like, first of all, he's sexy. <laughs> You've got to think about those accents. Good God, he's hot. Yeah tattoos i mean that's my weakness as well but so this guy's hot and it's just so funny that he would choose a specific object okay yeah but he's kind of right like he, phones listen, are a lot of his life he he is right but there's other things too it's not just a phone i mean it goes back to our pet etiquette one right mm -hmm. like if you walk into someone's house and their dog is nasty it stinks it looks like shit it hasn't been groomed in months or maybe years mm. it's not just someone's fucking phone that's smashed it's everything someone pulls up to your house in a raggedy car and a dented in bumper or some bullshit mm -hmm. and they want to take you out to dinner to somewhere nice let's get something cheap for dinner you should save your money for the deductible on getting your fucking car fixed how about right. that let's do that i'm not here to give someone financial advice and like I just want to go out and have a good time. But if there's these things that are distracting my brain and my mind, like the fucking episode we just released. Right. About your goddamn toenails. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it, he's 100% he's not wrong, but it goes with everything, not just a smashed phone. This is one of the things I think that is interesting about this because, I mean, I don't know what this guy's whole platform is. He could be a men matter dude. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't, I've never but, seen him before. I'm not going to lie. A phone is a pretty good initial indicator in that because, like you said, everyone has a phone. Everybody. And if you're meeting someone for the first time, you haven't seen their car, you haven't seen their house, you haven't seen whatever. And, and it's shattered. shattered. Again, I have a very dear friend who always has a shattered phone. Always. And even if it's a newer phone, always shattered. That's so funny. And I hate to admit this because I love them dearly, but they do kind of fall into this category that he's talking about. Now, this isn't someone I'm trying to date. This is just someone I know really well. And I always ask, why is your phone shattered? And it's yeah. always the same story. I don't know. I got so hammered the other night and I woke up, my phone was shattered. If you are, let's say- A hot mess. <laughs> if you are dating with intent, if you are casually dating or if you are out there on the market with intent, mm -hmm. I never really would have thought of something like this. Yeah. But now it would make me think if I was out there with intent and I noticed that, that might be a good indicator that there is a lot going on. For sure. I would. I mean, going to this specific item that he chose. Yes, I agree with you. I would think the same thing. As a matter of fact, if I saw that mm -hmm. in real time, I'd be like, oh, my God, did you just did you just shatter your phone? Did you just barely fucking drop your phone on your way to my door? Right. Or in, it's on the way into the bar. It's 50 bucks to go get your screen. Uh, no, it's been this way forever. I've had yeah. it this way for a couple of weeks. So yeah, it's, it's a thing. I mean, it would raise, it would raise concern for me. Cause it's like, okay. Um, so like, do you really not have that much time? Like you must be that important and that busy that you cannot take some time to get this fixed. Fix your life, bro. It's, 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 <laughs> it's a hot mess. That's what I would say.
I think a good Milfworthy challenge this week would be start recognizing signs of red flags in beautiful assholes, be it men or women. And I think also something like this that the guy just said, you know, I think that we are so initially attracted to looks that we don't play Sherlock Holmes enough and look at the breakdown of deductive reasoning based on, okay, well, what do your shoes look like? What does your phone look like? Is your car a mess? I mean, if you're picking up a beautiful woman in a car, maybe it's the nicest car on the market, but you've got fucking filet of fish wrappers and McDonald's bags in the backseat. I think that might be something to consider. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And on and good, I mean, good on you for showing up in your real car, right? At least you <laughs> at least you're not fake and like go rent some fucking nice car and pick her up in that. But yeah, Antonio's right. Just clean up your shit. Clean up your stuff. And if maybe maybe a challenge is asking the people in your life if they think that you are a genuinely nice person. Yeah. And just be like, hey, like, do you think I'm an asshole or and make sure you're asking someone that's going to tell you the truth because everyone's going to tell you, no, you're fine. No, you're not you're an asshole. Fine. Um, ask someone that will tell you the truth. Like, yeah, sometimes, you know, you can be an ass or a prick or whatever. But I mean, it's not hard to be nice. I would go far as say is like listeners, if you've got any other examples, let's say smashed phone or dirty cars, send them to the milfandmepod.com or message Diane on Instagram and we can share those on future episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Diana, you are beautiful, but I've never thought you were an asshole. Thank you. Just kind of a dick sometimes. Yeah, for, <laughs> for sure. But I do. I mean, you come on. Give me some credit. You know I can be a huge asshole. Give me some of that asshole credit. Okay, I'll give you all the asshole credit that you desire. Thank you. And I love you, Antonio. You're a sweetheart. I love you. Go fuck yourself. Everyone, have a great week. We'll see you next week. <laughs>